the card speaks. Your shield is the thought structure you've created through living. It is built of words, attitudes, and concepts that, as you instituted and accepted them, served to protect your tender inner being. But there comes a time when old patterns for your own good must be broken. So I come to destroy that which is no longer useful to you, to down the Tower of Babel, to dismantle false hopes and erroneous assumptions. It is time for concepts based on the idea of separation between self and the universe to be replaced by the knowledge of self in relation to the whole. Old ego purposes are revealed and knocked down. There is a realization on a greater cosmic will working within. It is the end of saying, I can't help it. That's just the way I feel. Subconscious motivations are brought to your awareness. Your present level of consciousness now sees your old level of consciousness's false expectations. These are the lessons I teach. The tower falls so that you may grow. Like a lightning bolt, I clear the air. My light pierces the darkness. The experience of me is one of great intensity. I strike to convert your energy to better current use. I may destroy the old job, relationship, viewpoint, or whatever it is that's in the way of your current potential. As you move through these situations, remember your good cannot be destroyed. Only that which is oppressing you is dissolving. Hello friends, welcome to the 8th house of astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore, through the lens of the tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. Here we are. Um, it has been a doozy. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, sure. <laughs> I well, you've been a part of it. You've been there the whole time. Um, my mother passed away on July 24th of this year, 2023, and it has been surreal. And that is what, uh, the beginning of the year, we did the hanged man and I touched on things that are, that my family is going through. And that was when she first received her diagnosis after biopsy of a mass that was found on her pancreatic vein. Um, she had pancreatic cancer right on her vein. And so there was nothing. They suggested chemotherapy. She did three of the suggested eight rounds and it nearly killed her. And she, um, her 
gallbladder went and then she had could not survive surgery to get it removed so she was living with a pretty septic gallbladder inside her body which was contributing just to the agonizing grueling pain and nausea and then the chemotherapy really yeah um well i'm looking forward to talking about processing the archetypes of the tower and the star yeah at the yeah. same time because when we yeah we, yeah we had it a is exciting about um, that. yeah I think what's going on with me too I'm distracted because I'm sitting on the yoga ball which is making oh. me feel really like weird um in my space but um it is the only thing comfortable for me to sit on so um I'm gonna have to adjust to I feel my... like you're already kind of like floating like when you were saying when you were saying that your mind is just you're just it's just fried yeah fried with grief to me it, it's like um it sounds like you're just like your your mind your thinking has just been completely kind of just blown wide open so your mind Power. is it's not in your head it's in your yeah. space it's I already like, tend towards that so that's mm-hmm. already like I'm very airy and floaty and mm-hmm. not grounded um had that psychic say to me one time that I had the the spirit guide trying to pull my feet down to earth so right. that I could have some semblance of being grounded right <laughs> so I'm like how do you know <laughs> but you know, honestly, you know? the space isn't a bad place to be. I mean, the space that we're talking about too is the place where we're training how to go to when we're meditating. You know what I mean? Like there's there yeah. are good things about being able to think from such a wide uh, oh my gosh. space. That is but what... when you're not used to it, it feels like what the heck is happening? So the Yeah, no, I'm is... very used to it. I'm very used yeah. to it. Um, And I do think it was an asset when I had to tap into that remote helping someone pass, supporting my sister being, my sister was like the surrogate me in the body, Um, as were you. You (laughs) visited my mom a couple of times, which was paramount and um. But we'll, we, yeah, we'll get to that. But I just, I wanted to go back to introducing. Um, so the tower is, uh, I I think I also feel a little discombobulated because I usually like write notes and like already have it all organized and planned out. And so I'm like, here's my script. <laughs> um, so, but I thought it was fitting, you know, Mercury's so- in retrograde, my mom died, like, Exactly. I don't know what's going on anymore. Right. Your thoughts are reor your structures yeah. are reorganizing. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that you're in that place of and so like- yes. It is very fitting. The ta- so the tower is it is ruled by Mars. I do know that. And it is just about um and th- what I kept trying to go back to is like one, it is um the if if it's a structure right i i think about the fact that 
it is like um the okay even if we go if we go to the cards right like we know that you and i are life path four Mm -hmm. which is emperor and death because (laughs) it's four and then the the numbers that it i guess four is the reduction as they call it but one plus three the 13 is death Mm -hmm. so with the tower technically it's six it's card 16 which would be seven the chariot so those would be the the seven life path would be the chariot and the tower okay yeah um however i got to thinking about death and the emperor and the tower and and the chariot why not but i was like if we were looking at we looked at before the emperor and death are kind of the antithesis if that is like that whole life path thing we talked about it and the emperor is the um stands for structure Like you talk about your dad building your own, your family's home and Mm -hmm. like stability structure because four sides, like, you know, like walls, like Mm -hmm. containment, um, security. um, And, you know, we were thinking like death takes that away. Like death is nothingness or transition into like, no form it's form and no form Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. but I started thinking of it in a new way and started thinking more like what if we think about I think you talked about the emperor as what if you think about body as form yep and so I started thinking why is death so sort of talked about in tarot like transformation transmutation where it's like change or in where it is placed it comes before temperance it comes between the hanged man and temperance and those are the last cards of the second leg which is like the middle of life Mm -hmm. so we are now in the end of life and in the spiritual realm and so if you think about what kicks off that third leg being the devil could be all those things that come to like poke and prod and like like so um i don't it's so hard to just say it but this year has been you know the tarot people talk about tower moments Mm -hmm. and this entire year has been the tower Mm -hmm. um but yeah it started when my mom was diagnosed with cancer and then um, there was just that sadness, fear, anticipatory grief, denial, urgency. Um, and then it, and the countercurrent with me was what still I'm dealing with is um, a hernia on my... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my pierced shield literally yeah like it was a tear in my abdominal wall and my intestine was poking out and it became an emergency and so like 
right around the same time she was needing help and considering treatment and you know what was going to happen was this something that she could survive for Mm -hmm. much time at all and how to how to do this you know how to face this huge very very deadly cancer um how to do it and I in the meantime was going okay I'm do I I don't really travel because I have a lot of pain and anxiety and it makes trying to drive or travel really really difficult um and exhausting and stressful and um and then there was this whole other factor her living situation and her partner and it's a whole other story that's a little too personal to delve into but um and my animals and having a rooster and just like if I go I've got to commit to kind of being there and then yet not really being physically able to be the caregiver mm-hmm. and it was it was horrible it was a horrible grief of feeling helpless mm-hmm. and I had to really tap into my skills of what I wanted to do, which is what you just read about mm-hmm. is to service people at the end of life remotely. Yeah. And it's exactly what I had to do. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing that that passage just said it was gonna like a lightning bolt like how my stomach or my intestine felt when I went to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me have to throw out all my false constructs and just do it and Mm -hmm. say, okay, here's where we're at. I got to do it the way I got to do it. And Mm -hmm. it's what I always wanted to do. Thought there was a need to do it. And. Ooh, man. How many shields can be pierced at one time? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is the tower, I mean, is it the, is it the accumulation or not the accumulation, but is it the representation of all thought process, all beliefs together? You know what I mean? Like, can you have more than one tower? Oh God. Incident at once. Can I just tell you, like, I, I, I so I think the reason I wanted to put these two together is this the tower and the star is because I think what I came to I'm glad you said that because death is death mm-hmm. and I don't think that means an end as much as the tower I think the tower is like the shit burned the shit is burned to the ground yeah you fall out of that shit and it is burned to the or ground. the ground is no more right an earthquake any right. all the stuff like it is natural disaster it is the goddess kali it is mars it's ruled by mars which is you know war god god of destruction it's just um fiery flaming destruction there's no other way to say it um and so yes it is everything 
dismantling, crumbling to the ground, wiping it out. And what I wanted to say is I have heard recently that um, trauma, and, and, and so I'm saying this because I think that the tower um, represents trauma. Whereas death is death, right? You know, it could be lost, but the tower represents trauma. And trauma, as I've read recently, is anything that happens, anything negative that affects you negatively that happens too fast for you to be able to process it. So you're like left stunned and unable to catch up in the processing of it. That's trauma. So I definitely feel like it comes out of nowhere, like a tsunami or a tornado and just annihilates everything you thought was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now suddenly it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to rebuild again. You have to, like, there's a term that I studied in thanatology that's, um, your your assumptive world uh-huh. what you know to be real and true yeah. your assumptive world is shattered yeah so you have to process it is not like you have to go through these five stages of grief in a linear process but what will happen whether you intentionally do it or not is as a human being consciously or unconsciously you will begin to make um repairs often to the like neurons because it's like neurons have been new structure new foundation yeah yeah. it has been eight months yeah and on the one hand it has felt like agonizingly torturously slow because most of that time she was suffering Mm -hmm. and that was I think for all of us the absolute worst aspect of any of it and we all dealt with it in different ways um she didn't want anyone to know so that's why I didn't talk about on the podcast that's why I kept it very private off of social media but that was really hard yeah so but you were but I mean you know you handled it in a way that you know at least from an observatory perspective is how I, anyway observing you through the process you know just I mean it was really quite admirable you know and inspiring the the strength that you showed throughout all of that um even though i'm sure you know maybe it didn't feel like that but you know and obviously given your interest in and time that you've devoted to understanding death and the process and grief obviously you're going to be someone who's a bit more prepared in a situation like this and i've and it was um a it was a heal. It was a quite a, literally a healing experience for me just to be allowed to be in that 
sort of processing space with you whenever we were able to, you know, not even just connect about that, but just connect in general. And um, I guess just what I'm saying is now seeing you now, hearing how your state of mind is now that it's happened and the memorial service was just a couple days ago or yesterday, wait, it was Saturday, yeah, right? Saturday, um, two days ago. Yep. August 26th. So now it's kind of international like a, dog day. Oh, <laughs> I know quite fitting. She loved it, dogs. It's kind of like maybe one of the first times you've just kind of been alone with your, with everything. Yeah. With all of the thoughts. So it makes. Yeah. It's, it's almost been me. like, um, like I've clung to the doing and the active, like supporting the supporting, the supporting, the supporting and yes. just like, okay, how can I help next? How can I help next? How can I help next? And like, how can I facilitate this and that? And, and, and like I was saying, Madeline um, helped me be aware that having because I was physically unable to be there, she reminded me that I would be disempowered to be there in person and I would be less help. Mm. She said, you were in a great position, not being here, having the sensory experience, the physical experience. So that allows you to go like you were talking about in my floaty space where, where I can do my best work. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it allowed me to be the wizard of some sort, you know, like to to remotely like, um, she mentioned like seeing from afar, you know, to have a greater um, perspective, Mm -hmm. um, instead of being such up close to these upsetting images and sensory things. And what an interesting outlook. I completely agree now that I hear that, like it, it does make sense, you know, but you're well, she really helped me because everyone else like I know it wasn't meant this way, but I internalized it as guilt. Like I, I should be there no matter what. Like, I, I mean, these things are nothing compared to what is happening with my mom and I need to be there and and I have to find a way. And so there was that whole like suppressing guilt the entire time. And then Madeline yeah. kept saying you are perfect just like you are like and that really spoke to me like that's just amazing and it just goes to show you know that's divergence right there you handled this as a family in a in a divergent way and in in a way that doesn't look normal to a lot of people you know but like but you being in that role you know, remotely doesn't mean, I mean, you were always, I mean, you were always connected and plugged in. I know that, you know, whether it was the phone or whatever. Um, That's where your, your. That's where my strength is. And that's where you. So she helped me realize that. Yeah. And she helped me realize how my vision, even though it became so personal and kind of debilitating because it became so personal. And that's why I started out by saying like, what you read that Carol Bridges passage, even though it feels like everything, all the social conventions around end of life have been putting up obstacles for me or saying, no, you can't do that. That doesn't help anyone. You have to be there and blah, blah, blah. Madeline saying to me, you 
held mom's hand remotely and guided her to the other side. You did that. And I was there, but I couldn't have done it without you, you know, being there saying those words. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was definitely teamwork, but we have this new, she's just the way that she saw it as an asset and a strength. And she really has this great, like, you need to make this happen for people like to support the caregiver because like we realize it is so scary and lonely for that person who so hospice has a social worker they have a whole team they have an interdisciplinary team with a chaplain and medical staff and you know they have it all they have it but it's geared toward the dying person Mm -hmm. and so madeline with her nursing baby and all this up against her is trying to figure out how how can I possibly fully be present when I have no support? Mm-hmm. So I feel that, and she reminded me that I I supported her remotely, mm-hmm. and I was able to do so because I was remote. Not that that was a deficit, but yet a, a, yes. a strength and an asset. Definitely. So it was, yeah, it definitely was empowered me yeah (laughs) and while I'm definitely grieving I do think the tower moment and this is what I wanted to do was like tie in the star to that because Mm -hmm. so what I think if the tower is trauma things oh let me just say so I was gonna say so it was happening gruelingly slowly but also what just happened and I don't I I was so busy in it that I I didn't have any distance from it because I was experiencing it yeah and so now that it's behind us it's like that adrenaline that kept me going and like thinking and and helping or or um it's now it's like an anticlimax like when you finish a, a run of a show if you're an actor speaking up or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like wait a second I have nothing now. Or you finish a book or a series or whatever. Right. And you're like, what do I do now? <laughs> I yeah. feel lost. So that is the tower feeling, you know? And yeah. that's when the star is the hope that yeah. comes to reassure you not all is gone and lost and you feel so vulnerable. And so I think the star card Mm-hmm. always has the woman in the night in the dark and she's naked but the star yes i remember it just really choking me up when i read it <laughs> um is this your passage yeah okay so the star Um, astrological planetary correspondence Aquarius has a simple message of hope it reminds us that we are not alone that we have survived the unimaginable yet we still breathe and we trust in the path that lies before us we are guided by something greater than ourselves after the tower has crumbled to the ground 
we emerge humbled, vulnerable, and without expectations. Far off in the night sky, we see a twinkling light. We know that all there is to do is keep going. The traditional star card depicts a woman by a pool of clear water, naked, on a tree branch beneath a star. Is an ibis, a bird that symbolizes resilience and wisdom. My star card uses a maple leaf and an ocean scene in an overlay technique. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard. And sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. That's Emily Dickinson. Oh, wow. Madeline shares a birthday with her. She's my favorite poet. Wow. Oops. So, yeah, I think the stars. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Were those, did, did she say shares a crumb of me? I'll read it again. For you. <laughs> Thanks. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard. And sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. Wow, it asked a crumb of me. So it's saying, if I were to interpret, do you want me to? Yeah, I so love that. It's just, okay, so it's just saying... Um. This little bird, and that's why I thought it was so appropriate for the card, even though my my card doesn't have a bird in it, but it, the feeling is there. The song keeps popping in my head that was like on a nursery rhyme album that I had. And my mom and I always loved it. And we loved anything that had like a wounded creature. Um because I think we related to it so much um, and sort of that selfless uh, figure archetype of just someone who asks for nothing in return. Mm -hmm. That's what the bird is beat up by the storm. And how could the storm do that to this bird who has kept everyone's hope alive? It's, had this unending song you know keeping people inspired with the beauty of it and mm. um <laughs> just like how how could it do that? <laughs> and and so she's saying like this bird I've heard it in the strangest lands and on the chillest short you know like she's describing like these awful places she's been mentally and that's that hope is always there because that bird always sings and she's saying never 
even in its extremity, having gone through this storm beating it up, it's sitting there, it's still singing and it's never asked for anything. It just does this selflessly. Yes. That's beautiful. It is. And so with hope, and faith, I think we talk about that from the beginning, you and I, in our one of our first episodes, that we are not blind faith people at all. We are questioners and thinkers <laughs> and criticizers and scientific method. And, and we even talked about we would maybe say we were humanists if we didn't believe that there was an afterlife and people (laughs) could um transcend bodies and um anyway i just think so we've talked about it it's been well established that you and i don't easily believe Mm -hmm. or have trust or faith in something Mm -hmm. and the star used to be one of those cards I like the sun where yeah. I was like, ew, the, st- the sun is positivity. The star is hope. Yuck. <laughs> you know, poo poo. And so when, when my mom passed away, um, this, crow and the crow is significant because we were enjoying some of our really intense long conversations when she was feeling more up to it in the earlier part of the year um we were well let me hold that thought because i just realized i skipped ahead part of my trauma so before I move on with the star, part of my tower year was not only did all of this go on, but meanwhile, I I, I had my surgery, right? I had emergency surgery, was recovering from that. The day I went into the emergency room, I had lost my friend to an overdose, Um. And in fact, that's what I I thought my stomach was hurting because it was crying. And I was talking to my mom the the same day, but I didn't go until later that day. I was talking to my mom about the loss. And she said, well, what did you, what did you notice? Like today when you went on a walk, like, um, cause yeah, I walked like, and then later (laughs) Anyway, I walk every day, so I didn't think anything of it. But I was so, because I was basically telling her I woke up, woke up to the news. You know, my friend had died overnight, and uh, I was talking about him. She goes, "Well, when you walked, what did you, what did you notice?" Like, I was like, "Well, well, I did feel a little better. Like, I looked up, and there were some crows playing and talking in the." Tr- and she was like that's kind of always been our thing my mom and I and um she was like well that's good that's a good sign and and it got us talking about like I guess that's just sort of our language um 
nature and birds and crows in particular. This um, got my mom and I reflecting on, you know, her knowing she's gonna die. And uh, we had sort of had humorous, lighter conversations where we would go to about like, okay, well, what are you going to be? You know, so I know it's you. Like Mm -hmm. when you die, what are you going to show up so that I know you're there? Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of trying to pick something. She kept trying to redirect it to people. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, I don't like people. Um, I don't, I don't (laughs) interact with people. Like that's not good for me. Like, you know, it's going to have to be an animal. And I'm like, and it's going to be an animal that's, that's going to catch my attention. And and I'm like, and you're, you know, we both said your, your dad's a hawk, your mom's a heron. I think, oh my gosh, like, since we just talked about crows, I'm like, crows, they are like the people of birds, you know, like, they're my people. They're, yeah. And we always talk about that. Why not a crow? They make me feel happy. They make me feel comforted. And so she's. I could tell she smiled and was like agreeable and like, (laughs) okay, okay. That makes sense. And um, so we had some really, a couple of really strange nights when, before she was cremated, where I say we, meaning Madeline and I were so super connected. um, Because like I said, she was in person, but I was there throughout like, yeah in spirit remotely whatever on the phone um and so a couple nights later after the cremation she was um a crow (laughs) a crow came to the sycamore tree outside of the bedroom window and every night it was the bird in the poem oh <laughs> um but the crow at first was like coming every single evening at the same time That's and one night I was like looking up our family name where she is now scattered at her at our family's gravesite, and we have some Irish ancestry Irish Scottish Irish and I looked up Brannock and in one version of the meaning of the name, it meant a Raven's cliff. And I was like, shut (laughs) up. And I just started crying. I was like, you're kidding me. Like what is with this crow thing? And like the crow owl always, you know, exclaims when something is different and, she she was like coming like she was ragged like the poem says like in the rain I mean like every like like I could set my clock to it it was like for two weeks or so and so yeah I was like sitting there getting emotional reading the meaning of our family name and um and the crow moved closer and was like looking in the window 
like, are you okay? I'm right here. And I started sobbing and I just had a moment and I went and told my husband, like, all right, I just babbled. (laughs) Speaking of babble, I (laughs) babbled forth saying, is this God? And I remember I told you this and you were like, yes, it was like, (laughs) is this God or is this faith? I've never experienced it, but does it mean that whether or not we believe in something, it shows up and it persists and it lets its presence be known. And that is why. That's the star, right? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Crow is the star. I mean, it is so clear to me now and it's my mom. It's just like, but yes. And you know, that space um of that space of like you you said it you said humbling and vulnerable you know that from this place of just being literally cracked open you know nothing's real the pure shield (laughs) nothing's real there are no walls around me because I haven't built any yet yeah and then you're in this place where all of a sudden you're receiving this message that feels nothing but pure, true, real. Like, okay, yeah. so if this is real, and it's because I believe it is because it feels like it. Like uh, to me, that's that's what that's God. That's like, you know, that is that is, or that's like heaven. You know, that's heaven on earth. That's mm-hmm. being on the same frequency as whatever it is that ties us all together. That's beautiful. We don't know what it is yet, but we do know that when you feel like something is true, um, then I don't know. Maybe that's the thing that you needed to make life worth living. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. So I mentioned, so my aunt is a priest and she did the service. Oh, yeah. oh and it was so moving. Um, and she had asked this, our three, you know, my mom's daughters, the three of us, um, uh, like quotes or things to draw from, you know, that we would, that we wanted her to include in the sermon. And she's an Episcopal priest. Um, and I mentioned Fred Rogers. My mom loved, 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 loved that man. Like Aww. loved. And I do too. Love. He yeah. should be a saint. I mean, yeah. so should my mom, to be honest. But um, so here is one thing that my, <laughs> she loved people, my mom. So, and my, my aunt talked all about that and her <laughs> making connections until the her last breath oh, yeah. <laughs> you know and um you saw it yeah <laughs> you exactly. saw her talking it's with so- everyone and sharing he asked me this question but when you said like she loves people I just thought it was funny because it was like the in my, with my t- in my time with her it's mostly just like um 
small talk, you know, and like conversation. But then she just kind of out of the blue. She goes deep. Yeah. She goes suddenly deep out of nowhere. That's the thing. Like I, whatever, this isn't about me, but being in your mom's presence, like it really did. It felt like, it just felt like family, you know? And so I just thought it was so funny that she's like, there's this, um, you and Eliza are so much alike. Like I know that. But there's this one thing that really separates the two of you. And you guess what it is? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I mean, I always, you mean from the rest of humanity or from each other, from each other. I think she, she, the way that she asked it made a lot more sense than I'm saying it, to be honest. But the way that I took it was there is something very like you and I were we're alike, but yet we have something very different. Yeah. And I was trying to like figure out what she meant by that. And I think it has something to do with my presence. You know what I mean? Like my presence somehow gives off something different. I don't know. Obviously, Mm. but no, like I think, um, I think that (laughs) we have so much, I mean, we are both very introverted, which is, but you maybe come across to her as more extroverted. True. Like, cause you do love people. You, I, I think do. maybe that's it. Like, yeah. cause I you do. tend to like people center where I tend to animal center. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, you're always gravitating towards, well, the human consciousness and what we, you know, like our species is, and yes. I'm more I- like, I'm an animal. <laughs> I'm in the wild. Leave me alone. I think you might be right. Because like, I remember, because I when I look at her, like looking like, you know, like I was just so, I was so energized by being able to be in that space. That's very mom. extroverted. Thing. I know. But like, so like when I was with her, I just wanted to like look at her in her eyes and like, Talk that's to her. how so I she wonder. feels maybe she felt a real common commonality with you that though you and I are so alike that was her connection with you is that she could tell like you both like really love an individual person you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you can really tap into them and like she probably just was like whoa I I've kind of met my match you know like yeah. somebody who loves humans like I do oh well we'll have to talk about that I'm sure it'll come up in our conversations but the um when you said that she loved humans that's what made me think of it but I've been meaning to talk to you about that exchange that we had because I thought it was so interesting well I do remember that it really touched me that you said she took your hand and said Oh, they feel just like Eliza's. And so in that way, right. you were yeah, another sister surrogate. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool that you were there. But, you know, now that I think about it, I think what prompted her question is that me being there really, it like, in a way, it felt, I think it did feel like for her yeah. that you were there, yeah. too. Yeah, there's like this association of us now. Yeah, and so I think it was just... She loved listening to our conversation. I just, yeah, I just think it's funny that I think by asking that question, she was also sort of indirectly saying, 
it feels like Eliza's here, but there's yeah. something very different. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say like, so she lost her filter. Oh yeah. As she was nearing death. Like <laughs> yeah. in those last few weeks, she like was just saying whatever popped into her mind. And I think that was uncharacteristic. You know, she was always kind of hiding her real feelings <laughs> and like not wanting to upset people. And so that's so interesting to me because she wouldn't just blurt out stuff like that before, you know? And yeah. Um, yeah. I think anyway. that's, it's very like innocent and curious and mm-hmm. expressive and, and all the stuff she encouraged in us, but never really uh-huh. fully yeah. embraced about herself. Um, so the quote from Mr. Rogers, though, was the connections we make in the course of a life. Maybe that's what heaven is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I my aunt said chills. it so beautifully. Like she said, so I think that maybe that's, that is, she said, I think Deb tasted heaven throughout her life because that's exactly what she always Absolutely. did. We, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. We, I think we all do. Um, it's just whether or not we're aware of it. I don't know. Always, always oh, the awareness. Just, oh, that's so amazing. I think, you know, it speaks to that, um, that quote that I read by Carol saying it's, you know, the tower um, and into the star you know, it's like we have, it's like the the conclusion is we aren't separate. We're, we are always connected. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, that that tied it up so well, especially with your experience with the crow looking at you through the window. Like, and that the fact that what that did was sparked that question in you is this what the like is this the thing is this why we live to feel this connection with something that is invisible well that it's there whether you believe it or not is what blew me away was like that is like because I've always questioned I've always doubted And the fact that it shows up night after night, even if I said, this is just coincidence, this is just, this is going to end, which of course it did come to an end. But in that moment, it was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's still like, how does it know to do this? Like, I'm freaking out right now because I could have said, yeah, it's not going to happen tonight. Oh my God, it did. So it's like, I could. I could be completely neutral and it would still happen. And that is what makes people have faith. And yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced it outside of this, like yeah. that level of pure constancy. And I think that is, so now I have a glimpse of what faith is. I love now. that. I love that so much. And and then, um, so I think if the if the t- tower is tra- trauma, then the star is post traumatic growth, which is often, you know, the new 
kind of buzzword about like um, resilience and um, growth, like psychological growth and what can come after destruction mm-hmm. of of construct in in my very loose divergent mindfulness practice um you know we we learn not to have many attachments attachments to uh beliefs or ideas blah 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 so i'm just wondering if we can you know if part of going through the tower is kind of learning how to not create another one or is it inevitable is my question like I'm interested no I mean if if I if I then apply your question to the fool's journey and the tarot Mm -hmm. which is our aim here is um and and this is the reason I didn't want to separate these two archetypes because I think if you're so devastated by just focusing on the loss, the destruction, the trauma, and you have nothing that's like this beacon and like the star, mm-hmm. you're not going to survive. Yeah. It is survival. The star, the hope, yeah. the faith, the trust. Yeah. Because you continuing to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. You know, because there aren't even concepts for you to hold on to anymore. Right. To understand anything. And that's so how interesting that. And, and yeah, I think it really like not being a religious person. Now, I understand why people look to a higher power when they feel like they have nothing like I have. I've lost it all. Mm-hmm. I am nothing. Like I know that you and I believe that we have God consciousness, but when you feel so destroyed by by life, um, it's really powerful to just let go. Mm-hmm. Like that expression in what is it AA that they say, "Let go and let God." Yeah. If that is God, then. I get it. Yeah. I kind of get it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Because it's kind of like letting your ego go. It's like shedding. And I think it's interesting, you know, I cut (laughs) my hair off and Mm -hmm. that was part of how I processed everything. I mean, how interesting that you were almost setting yourself up to, you know, have your It was another loss. Right. Yeah. It was another intentional loss. I intentionally lost my hair, which was like part of my identity. Right. So that was another loss. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to kind of share just another story that was so powerful um, that you were involved in (laughs) when mom was at the hospice. It was her dad's hundredth birthday. And there were so many wild connections and signs. And Aaliyah, Madeline's daughter, woke up and said she had a dream that there were cupcakes. And she didn't understand. And it being your husband's birthday as well. 
yeah. July 20th, yeah. you were making cupcakes. Yeah. And I said, I don't know how long she's going to be here. She might decide to go on her dad's 100th birthday. Um, yeah. Might you go visit her? And we're like, oh, okay, okay. I've got cupcakes everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> is Ilya psychic, you know? Um, why don't you take him one, you know, to share with her spirit father? Yeah. And that is where she's laid to rest on her father's grave. Um, wow. And uh, and his mother right next door. Um, yeah. Mother and father, he's buried right with them. And her birthday, her mama was uh, the day she died, July 24th. Apparently a nurse said that same thing I said. And, um, but it worked when her, when the nurse said it, it like really? happened within minutes. She wow. said, honey, you need to just that broken body, just leave. <laughs> you can just leave it. Your girls will be fine. <laughs> I know. And, um, made me think of the, the beat up bird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like your body is doing you no good. The pure mm-hmm. shield. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like what you did, you gave cranial sacral therapy. I was sort of, it was like a body, mind, spirit thing. Yeah. I feel like Madeline was there for the physical presence, but you also, um, so maybe she was the mind. I don't know. Or maybe I was because I was talking. Madeline was probably there with the spirit. So you were holding her feet mm-hmm. and I was was talking and Madeline was what was Madeline doing you were there together she was sort of um she was like kind of um at your mom's head um kind of just rubbing her hair I forget she was she was just kind of holding the space okay and if I remember holding her hand I think yeah I think um I think you helped her go back into her body Cause I think she had left her body quite a while ago. Mm. And, um, and so later that night, uh, got on the phone with both my sisters and we did a walkthrough. Um, cause we, we decided that that might be the case. Like she was finally in her body. She seemed more present. Madeline said so. And so she went there to be with her again that night. And the three of us, like Chelsea and I over the phone, she held up the speaker. Um, I did sound effects and Chelsea said, well, she hates like meditation. (laughs) So funny. She's like, doesn't like to like, um, she likes to be very in control, you know, Mm -hmm. so that can be really hard to not be. So um, (laughs) Chelsea reminded us she hates guided meditation she thinks it's hokey (laughs) she's not gonna like that and I'm like well Chelsea had an idea which was so brilliant she said she never felt comfortable with like technology and appliances and I would always have to like talk her through how to shut stuff down Mm -hmm. so we need to go through and shut the building down safely and finally before she can leave right Cause I was like, it's gotta be so hard. She doesn't have the energy to muster to like shut it down and feel okay. Leaving she's fine with the leaving part, but like right. 
yeah she didn't know how to shut her body down yeah and so we talked her through like it was amazing chelsea did all these symbolism you know like using the um the circuit breaker for the brain and the oh yeah this huge cord she's like so fine like we were emptying the sump pumps and like i was making (laughs) the sound effects as we walked through and stuff that is the coolest thing ever oh it was so cool it it reminds me of the like a practice they call it nidra um but it's like just taking inventory of your yeah and that's what she didn't want it to sound like (laughs) right exactly like our dad used to do that for us girls and um my mom would roll her eyes kind of thing like (laughs) she was like like it is very effective and chelsea was worried that it would come across like that so she made it very like appliance oriented i just love that i love it it. hilarious I bet your mom was just like cracking up the whole time, but also super. She was like, she was like, mm-hmm. like, like in her way, you know, wow. like she, you could tell she was responsive what? to, because we were like interacting, you know, we're wow, like, oh, really? Okay, I didn't remember that part, um, because I remember when I don't remember if I told you that. Well, I do remember you mentioning that. Oh, okay, what you were talking about, um, but I didn't realize, um. It was, it was the same the day same you time. were there. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I was at her feet and we were and you were on the phone, she gave kind of like her first um verbal like vocalization in like three days or something. Yes, exactly. So, and that's how we could tell she was like in there, you know, right. she was back in there. So the more we discussed like her as a building, as a house with appliances that needed to be turned off and Chelsea yeah. going okay that you see that um you see that button with the circle around it I need you to push that and it, so it was like a guided meditation like instructional I love it and I was like you know making the she's like so I know it's a pain but we got to go through and like we're just gonna you don't know what's connected to what so we're just gonna like every every um switch on the uh, what you call it circuit breaker yeah and I was like doing the you know, like awesome. we just like one by one like we went through it like methodically and every um yeah it was it was a bonding experience to be sure yeah but it was also I think really effective and so I just I wanted to tie you in and thank you for oh for facilitating the first phase of that to like kind of get her in there in order to um for us to have that um Mm -hmm. yeah I think we all really work together um I know yeah I don't know I I just have this feeling that this whole last few months will will continue to come up in all of our in our conversations probably and now and that's all I meant like it's not hard like I had to keep it inside because it was it was always sort of an homage to my mom yeah and it made me realize like she loved what we were doing yeah and it kind of gave it more purpose um than ever and so when we revealed that she had died, we had to like 
answer to the masses and it was weird and it was like there was a lot of difficult feelings in that phase and now it's all behind us Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so that is another reason it feels so tower and star because it's like here I am completely stripped and with all this behind me like now what and so the luminaries I wanted to do the star because I didn't want to feel so hopeless and devastated I wanted to connect it and say that we can't have total devastation without new life I mean oh my gosh just the the fact that Sinead O'Connor passed (laughs) The same day my mom was cremated, two days after she passed. It, it, that's another whole story, but that is another incredible soul that I felt so honored that they went in solidarity. They had such similar lives wow. and yeah, um, personalities, spirits, and I wanted to... Um, I posted it in my, on my social media. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's just simply, she's, when I put together, like my little word on grief after everything, I had included some pictures of Sinead O'Connor and in one of them, she's covering her mouth with her hand. Mm. And I'm I'm not sure people were getting that I was trying to capture what was written on her hand. And what was written was um, they tried to bury me, not realizing I was a seed. And I just, wow, I just feel like that is the tower and the star. You can't, there is never nothing. There's yeah. never nothingness and no meaning. Something always grows from pain and Yeah, I mean they say you can't have one without the other. It's right. one Cyclical. in the same. Just different polarized yeah. ends. That's right. If something kind of just gets inspired. I mean other than the fact that I just um I don't know if it was you and I, our relationship or connection or, you know, like look, contract, if that is such a thing mm-hmm. that happens, the soul it just contract. felt, it felt so good to be in that space. It just felt like I was doing something that was 100% in alignment with what I was supposed to be doing. Like wow. I, it, I hadn't felt that in a long time. Like that is what I live for. Like this feeling Me too. that when I'm doing the, like when I'm doing something that I know I would, ra- I wouldn't rather, I would, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Like it felt, it just felt really good to um, support a friend in that way. And also to get to spend precious time you know with a woman who did and thought and 
you know, did amazing things. And so, um, I don't know. I'm not sure what else I have to add. Um, you and I were already hyper aware, I think maybe compared to normal people, as we always say, um, of our inclinations and our calling and our drive to, um, even, even down to the name eighth house, we were the the eighth house is death and the great mystery and the hidden things. Um, I think we were so drawn to that, to do work with that, to find our own paths and to help and heal others in that. Um, And we've in coming and creating this space together um, and having a, (laughs) like a true fan in my mom who really has like been a, a, such a part of this, uh, always of my tarot stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It, it is just uncanny to me how it came together. Like the fact that, I mean, what are the chances she ends up moving to Colorado in the last weeks of her life? I know. And you're there. Yeah. <laughs> like who knew that would have happened? Yeah. Like short, what short drive away. Yeah. Uh, you know, under an hour. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. I felt lucky. It, I don't know why. Yeah. It just, it just definitely is an affirmation that things are meant to happen as mm-hmm. they are meant to happen. And people are meant to be in each other's lives that are meant to be in each other's lives. It is just I think remarkable. So. What's wild to me is the fact that Venus went in retrograde the day before she died. And um, I think it turned direct now, but it went along with the crow. Um, It was the crow was because Venus was the evening star when she went retrograde. And then she went around to being the morning star and the crow went from nightly visits to morning visits to now is four crows hanging out. Wow. That's cool. Oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, life. Oh, afterlife. Yeah. It's an afterlife style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the afterlife style.